Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Busy day on the Goodyear hotline. Oh, what a day it is to be alive and to love sports. Todd McShay is going to join me in just a second here live. He's got his new mock draft. It's fascinating. The commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred, live in an hour on baseball's opening day. That means there's no time to waste. Let's go. Here we go. Only one place to start. Only one place to begin, and that is with the McBoard. I live for these days. I am obsessed with mock drafts. I was obsessed with mock drafts long before I was named the host of the draft this year on ESPN. As you can imagine, my interest in them has only intensified ever since. And it is fascinating. Todd, first of all, has uh, picked two rounds of the draft. Not just the first round, but the second round as well. It is a two-round mock draft. And he has... It's always the quarterbacks who lead this thing off. So let me just run it down if you weren't with us on TV this morning. Trevor Lawrence going number one to the Jaguars. Zach Wilson going number two to the Jets. Mac Jones from Alabama going number three to San Francisco. He then has the Panthers trading up a spot to seven to take Trey Lance seventh overall. And that means Justin Fields from Ohio State is the fifth quarterback taken in this draft according to this mock And he has New England trading up to take him at number 11. And here is McShay with me live on the Goodyear Hotline. So first off, Todd, thank you for two hours of television this morning. That's all we did, basically, was talk about your mock draft, and it made it awfully easy. But I want to dive right into the start there, and that is why Mac Jones at three if you don't project him as the third best quarterback in this draft? Yeah, this is a a tough call, Greeny. I, had Matt, I have Mac Jones as the fifth quarterback in this class, behind Trevor Lawrence, behind Zach Wilson, behind Trey Lance, and behind Justin Fields. But the more I st- – and, and to be honest with you, when the trade initially happened, my first thought was, oh, this is a perfect spot for, for Trey Lance. He's coming from North Dakota State, playing the FCS level. They only played one game the past, this past year. So he, he's going to come in kind of rusty, and he's only started 17 games in his college career. So you've got Jimmy Garoppolo there. He could be the the bridge, if you will, you know, as a rookie coming in from that FCS level without a lot of experience. But then I started talking to people in the league and some of our reporters who who have great information. And the more I talked to people, the more I, I got Mac Jones really is a fit. And Kyle Shanahan loves what Mac Jones can do from a from an intelligence standpoint understanding and processing defenses and then from an accuracy standpoint. So while I thought Lance would be kind of an upgrade over what Kyle Shanahan has had at the quarterback position physically, because Lance is more athletic, he's got a bigger arm and he can, he can create after the initial play breaks down. Mac Jones may be the pick at number three, simply because of, of, what he can bring mentally, the leadership, the toughness, and then the accuracy as a passer. It's fascinating. Again, McShay with me, Greeny, presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who save with Progressive save over $750 on average. Before I, I work past three and into the fields of it all, I think we need to just reestablish that we are set at one and two. So your friend and mine, McShay, Damian Woody, I'm sure you saw this, went on a Twitter <laughs> freak out yesterday (laughs) it started with i want violence on the tl today and it just went from there and essentially if i were to sum up all of his tweets he wrote you've you've," meaning to his listeners or his followers none of you ever heard of zach wilson before this year and you're ready to give up on sam darnold who the jets never gave any real chance for 
and move on to Zach Wilson as though the future of the franchise hangs in the balance. So, Todd, he's right. No fan in the, in the sport basically has seen Zach Wilson, but you have. You've right. analyzed every throw he's made. Is he clearly the second-best quarterback in this draft? I think he is. I really do. And, and I say that because I think he, the, his feeling and instinct inside the pocket, his ability to move and create and extend, and then his ability to throw off platform. You know, you saw everyone saw the pro day throw rolling to his left. I've seen a hundred different throws that he's made over the last couple of years where he's, he's forced out of the pocket, but he keeps his eyes downfield. He's off balance. He changes, changes his arm angle and he throws a, a perfect strike down the field. And if you look at him statistically and, and even from the analytics, you know, versus pressure versus the blitz and on 21 plus yard throws down the field, he's second in all three of those categories of this year's quarterback class behind Mac Jones. So you know he can handle pressure, you know he's tough and can hang in there, and you know he can throw accurately down the field, which is what you're looking for in a quarterback. Now, what makes it difficult, Greeny, is that you're basing a lot of the evaluation off of eight teams, eight or ten teams that they played this past year, where they're just not up to the level of what Mac Jones faced at Alabama or or what um, Justin Fields faced at Ohio State. So that makes it tricky because your eyes can deceive you to a certain degree. But I will be shocked if we get to draft night, first night of the draft on Thursday, and if the number two overall pick is not Zach Wilson from BYU. And the Jets, I think, more so today than ever, are likely to take him at number two. But if not, it will be a team like Carolina maybe moving up from eight to two to go get that quarterback. Got it. And, And you will be on ABC's coverage that night. And so when they do that, when the Jets do make him the second pick, Will you say it was the right, taking the entirety of the, of the organization and the franchise into account, will you say it was the right decision? Here's the thing, Greeny. I'm, I'm a big believer in Sam Darnold. I think he can still be a very good starting quarterback in the NFL. But if you're Joe Douglas, you're the scouting staff, and you're the coaching staff who have been with him in the building and have seen what has gone on, they have more information in terms of where his confidence level is. You know, I know there's, there was frustration in terms of the turnovers and some of the risky plays that he made. But you also have to factor in, and, and as they certainly have, that there just hasn't been any talent around him. I mean, Jamison Crowder's probably been the best receiver that they've had during his tenure there. And they haven't had consistency at running back or tight end or any you know, difference makers. So it may take Sam moving somewhere else and getting a, a fresh start, new scenery, in order to have success in the league. If they wind up sticking with Sam and moving out of that spot and getting another first-round pick, then I, I think that would be a good decision. But if, if they think, based off their internal evaluation of Sam, that they need to move on and, and save a lot of money moving forward, too. Don't forget that part. Because mm-hmm. if you bring in a rookie, it's a heck of a lot less money than what you're going to have to pay Sam for the next five years. I, I, I would understand it. And also, the big question then becomes, do they trade Sam prior to the draft, during the draft, or after the draft? And I would think it would be prior to the draft because you probably have the most leverage at that point. But we'll, we'll see how it all shakes out. Yeah, one of the things we talked about here yesterday, Todd McShay with me, is the possibility that if, 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 if it really is true, as Diana was saying, that they may be looking at a third-round pick or a conditional four for him, that maybe you hold on to him until someone has an injury or something like that, and we'll see. All right, right. Let, let me get one right. more thing with you quickly, McShay, and that is Fields falling and becoming the fifth uh, quarterback in this draft. 
We've all seen him play huge in big games, show extraordinary toughness in that game against Clemson when he got hit so hard and threw six touchdowns afterwards. We saw him at his pro day run a 4-4-4-40. His measurables yesterday, his, his height, weight, and size, or his speed, excuse me, his height, weight, and speed add up to being comparable to Saquon Barkley for crying out loud. So why? Why is he falling and becoming the fifth quarterback in this class? It's, it's basically all situational. You know, I, again, I, I thought Trey Lance would be the perfect fit at number three. And I, I also went against the grain and, and put Kyle Pitts, the Florida tight end, who's a once-in-a-decade type of tight end prospect, to, to Atlanta at number four, thinking that Matt Ryan's there for at least one, maybe two more years. So Atlanta could easily stay at four and take a quarterback, and that could be Fields or it could be Lance. And, and if Lance winds up going three, then it, it more than likely would be fields if Atlanta takes a quarterback at four so and again I have Mac Jones as the fifth best quarterback in this class I'm just going in this mock draft based on the information that I'm getting so if Mac Jones goes three and Atlanta goes tight end at four with Pitts then it you kind of bump down you've got Carolina sitting at eight who I trading up one spot to go get Trey Lance and then after that the next team that's really needy Denver at nine could possibly be be in the market and then after that, it's, it's New England at 15. And they've never, they haven't drafted a first-round quarterback in Bill Belichick's uh, era, if mm-hmm. you will. But they also had Tom Brady for the vast majority of it. Right. So um, I, I could see them you know, doing something different this year and maybe moving up to go get a, get a quarterback. And that's why I had them moving up from 15 to 11 to get Fields. Listen, Fields is the most physically gifted quarterback in this class in terms of height, weight, speed, athleticism, and arm strength. And accuracy, too. He is very accurate. It's just about the fact that everything was the first read, and he had great receivers. And a team did a study. Over 200 throws were to his first read this past year. Only seven of them were when he had to progress, if you will, from that first look to the second look. And so it's not saying that he can't. It's a lot about the system and the talent he had around him. But it's something that he's going to have to – prove and maybe improve upon at the next level we will see mcshay it's outstanding today i'll call you later about a whole bunch of this stuff thanks so much for jumping in here i'll see you soon you got it bud all right that's mcshay with me here um on espn radio it's fascinating again the entire mock draft i i am now so into all of these players that i'm fascinated by where he's putting all these pieces of the jigsaw puzzle together it is a jam-packed day chad pennington works with all of these quarterbacks he's going to join me next with his thoughts don't miss the commissioner of major league baseball on opening day he'll join us live as we continue as well we're just getting started my name's greeny and this is espn radio coming up this morning with greeny Major League Baseball Commissioner Rob Manfred as we celebrate baseball's opening day. Rob Manfred, this morning with Greeny at 11 Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Plus. Dogs are an important part of our lives, and keeping them protected is a top priority, especially against nasty parasites. That's why you got to check out NextGuard Plus, a Foxaloner, Moxidectin, and Pyrantol chewable tablets. NextGuard Plus chews provide one-and-done monthly protection that kills fleas and ticks, prevents heartworm disease, plus it treats and controls roundworms and hookworms. That's a whole lot of protection packed into a delicious, beef-flavored, soft chew designed to make monthly dosing easy and enjoyable. So the next time you're at the vet, ask about NextGuard Plus chews. They're the one-and-done monthly parasite protection you want for your dog. 
Used with caution in dogs with a history of seizures or neurologic disorders, dogs should be tested for existing heartworm infection prior to starting a preventive. NextGuard is a registered trademark of Boehringer Ingelheim, Animal Health France, used under license. 2024 Boehringer Ingelheim Animal Health USA Incorporated, Duluth, Georgia, all rights reserved. Shopping for Father's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Father's Day. Whether you're shopping for your brother's first Father's Day or your Renaissance man grandpa whose interests are all over the map, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and over. You can also sort by category like cologne, watches, and more, or gift lists like items for the grill master or the golfer you can also get top tech from beats headphones to jbl portable speakers or if you're looking for top brands you'll find gifts from calvin klein polo ralph Lauren, and columbia so what are you waiting for father's day is june 16th and it'll be here before you know it macy's offers the ultimate gift guide to make selecting something special for dad incredibly easy this year head to macy's.com slash gift finder today that's macy's.com slash gift finder Greeny, the podcast. I am Greeny, and this is ESPN Radio. We stream live with you every single day on ESPN Plus as well. I'm presented by Progressive Insurance, and the one and only Chad Pennington will join me in 30 seconds on the Goodyear Hotline talking quarterbacks. I'll spend those 30 seconds telling you about 303 products. Are you looking for professional-level protection for your car's paint, but without the cost you would pay a professional detailer? New revolutionary 303 graphene to no spray coating provides just that 12 months of protection with a simple mode of application you can do it yourself in no time leaves your cars finished with insane levels of shine and depth plus the water beating is crazy your car will never look better and it's available right now at advanced auto parts and pet boys locations nationwide or you can learn more by visiting 303 radio.com <laughs> Got to do it for old time's sake, no matter what. Here he is, the one, the only Chad Pennington, back with me on ESPN Radio. Good morning, Chad. Reality TV at its finest today. I'm on spring break with the family in the car, so we're rocking and rolling. You look, I can see it. You're in the car there. You've got the kids. How many kids? What, what are we doing? I don't, you know, don't give us your exact location, but give us a sense of what spring break for the Pennington family consists of. Well, we definitely have palm trees around us for sure with some good weather and just trying to relax. First time we've really been out as a family since COVID hit over a year ago. So we're excited to be out as a family. Good for you. I'm glad to hear it. And thank you for taking a few minutes to do this here. I want to start with a general thing, which is to say the way they poke and prod at quarterbacks leading into the draft right now. Now, this was your life experience once upon a time. Um, but particularly when they talk about, you know, the, the criticism I'm hearing of Justin Fields is he doesn't go to his second progression. Now, his receivers are all open on his first progression, so he right. throws to his first one. Uh, I have quarterback people telling me every single coach you've had from Pop Warner tells you if the first guy is open, throw it to him. And now the That's criticism right. of him is he doesn't go to his second progression. So I'm trying to figure out what exactly that means. When you hear it, what the heck are we talking about, Chad Pennington? Well, it doesn't mean much of anything. I'm glad he's hitting his first progression. If he was missing his first progression, I would really be worried, right? And so when you're looking at when he's hitting his first progression, is he accurate with his first progression? 
How is he throwing the football? Is the ball placement correct? Uh, that's more important. And then I think probably one of the biggest challenges, Greeny, moving forward here, because these coaches aren't able to work with these guys and talk with these guys in person. And so a lot of times what they don't see on film, they're able to gather with personal interviews. That's going to be a huge challenge throughout this whole process because they don't get that. You can only get so much on Zoom. That's exactly right. And so that's why these pro days are a little more important maybe than they usually have been because it's kind of the only time they'll be able to get that kind of one-on-one connection. Okay, let, let me ask you just quickly, go through the five quarterbacks that, that Todd McShay projects will go in the top 11. We never talk about Trevor Lawrence because it has been a foregone conclusion that he is the number one pick in this draft for a long time. But let's let you talk about him for a minute. When you see him, for those who, who, who wonder, is he really all that good? What is it about him that is making all of these analysts just lose their minds about his potential? Well, when you talk about a cookie-cutter prototype quarterback and you're going to ask him to do multiple things, I think Trevor Lawrence hits all of those boxes, right? He has the height. He has the speed. He has the arm talent. He has the physical toughness. And for what we know, he also has the mental capability. Uh, one thing that I think is interesting when talking to guys around the league, uh, they do want to see him take less hits uh, because as quarterbacks in the NFL, you've got to make sure that you minimize your hits. And and so you want to be tough when you have to be, but you also want to protect yourself so that you're available for your team. Very specifically, you take less hits by doing what? Very specifically, what do you get better at in order to get hit less? Well, it's just self-awareness as you're moving, as you're escaping, knowing when to just throw it away and live to see another down, knowing when to slide. Uh, not too many times as an NFL quarterback, you need to take on anybody when running the football. Very specific situations and clutch situations in big-time games would you try to put your head down and try to go get the first down. But other than that, you just need to be very self-aware. Okay, what type of yardage can I get with my legs? How can I escape and make a throw out of the pocket? And then when is it just time to, to live to see another down throw that ball away? That is smart. Listen, Chad, I've had this theory for quite some time. Tell me what you think of this, that when there was a change of possession on a play, let's say, let's say you're the quarterback and you throw an interception, that there should be a helicopter hovering above the field that can drop like a rope ladder down, and the quarterback should be able to grab onto that and just be whisked away like Tom Cruise in, in, in Mission, uh, whatever. What is it? Mission Impossible? Impossible. Whatever those are. Because, Chad, <laughs> the last thing in the world a quarterback needs to do is be making a tackle. The last quarterbacks need to get out of harm's way at all times. What do you think of that plan? It's not a bad plan, especially for my career, because the one thing I couldn't do was stay available for my team. So if you want to stay available for your team, you probably need to try to use that plan for sure. I'm telling you, it's a better – people make fun of me. I, they, they, will not, they will not laugh someday when that's exactly what we're doing. All right, Chad, to the next one. And obviously I have a, a, a particular interest in this. Zach Wilson, because he plays at BYU, is someone that most American football fans have never seen play a game in their lives, and suddenly he has vaulted up to where he seems to be clearly entrenched as the second pick in the NFL draft. What is it that makes him great? Well, when you watch the pro day, everyone's so enamored with the throw across the field. I'll tell you, Greeny, eight times out of ten, that throw that everybody's enamored with is an interception in the NFL. (laughs) So we got to be careful about how we evaluate that. Now, I'm excited that he can make that type of throw. I think everyone's enamored with Patrick Mahomes' ability. Remember, there's only one Patrick Mahomes right now uh, as well. But what I think we do see is arm talent. We do see escapability. We do see someone who can do the things that are being asked of today's NFL quarterback. 
And that's what gets people excited. But there's certainly going to have to be some developmental time there as well. Okay, uh, Greeny with Chad Pennington live on the Goodyear Hotline, helping you discover the road ahead. Goodyear more driven. Uh, the next one is Mac Jones. And him we've all seen because he plays every single game on national TV and they win the championship and his numbers are enormous. But there will be the two questions. One of them is his relative lack of mobility and athleticism. The other will be he's he's playing on a team where that offense is going to have five guys who will be drafted in the first something like 40 picks of this draft, Chad. So how do we evaluate him when he was on that good of a team and does not seem to check that one box? Well, first of all, I laugh that at four eight now in today's league is not mobile enough. Um, I think for quarterbacks, if you're running a four eight, that at least shows that you can escape to make a throw. Listen, we don't want these guys running around making these crazy plays with their legs. That doesn't give you longevity as a quarterback. And we got to remember who the Super Bowl winning quarterback is right now. And so uh, being able to distribute the ball with your arm, being able to lead. One of the things that I'm finding out of Mac Jones is that he's a grinder. He loves getting there, studying the game, very analytical uh, in what he does. And so you love to see that as a quarterback. And I think he's got a bright future for sure. All right. And, and then two more. There's Trey Lance, North Dakota State, 17 starts in his career at the FCS level. I feel a need to, re- to remind everyone when we talk about how few games he has played, that's really not his fault. He would have played an entire season this year. His team didn't have a season. They opted out of the season. They literally created one game as a showcase for him. So that's the reason that he has only played the 17 games. That said, it is a smaller sample size. It's from lesser competition and all the rest of that. Chad, what is your sense of Trey Lance? Well, I think, first of all, people look at his mobility, his escapability. What he did as a redshirt freshman, regardless of what level, was outstanding. And North Dakota State plays really, really good football. Uh, so we, we've got to remember that. I do think that if you draft a Trey Lance, you need to be patient. If you're not willing to exert patience with him, knowing that he hasn't had very many starts under his belt, but knowing what his uh, ceiling is and his potential, then you're putting him in a bad position. So the team that drafts him needs to exercise patience, uh, have a starter in front of him so that he can learn. He can learn behind closed doors. And then he'll have a chance. But if you're going to throw him out there from day one, I don't think that's fair uh, to the player. How much How much do you think that helped you? Because that's a, a, the subject of great debate. You didn't come in and start immediately. And when you did start playing, you were terrific, right? I mean, literally right from your very first snap. So how where do you stand on the whole let them get out there and get their noses bloodied argument versus an opportunity to sit and learn the game? I stand behind the fact that, obviously, depending upon your team situation, if you have a team that just needs a quarterback to plug in and doesn't have to be necessarily the face just yet, doesn't have to be the the true leader, just has to fulfill his role as a quarterback, you can certainly make that work. But if you're asking that young quarterback to do everything that a professional quarterback is, is eventually asked to do, it's just an unfair situation. Remember, Patrick Mahomes did not play his first year. And so he was able to learn from an amazing veteran and Alex Smith. And then he played his second year. And I think that first year was huge for him and his development and just being able to make some of those mistakes behind closed doors. No one knew the mistakes that he made the first year because they were happening in practice. It wasn't out on in a national television audience. So I, I think that we are underestimating 
the patience piece and the development piece with these young quarterbacks for sure. I do. And it's, it's being accentuated by the rookie salary cap because there's such value in getting these guys out there while they're still on their rookie contract. And so the result of that is some of them are being rushed and some of them are being given up on far too quickly. Uh, I've taken up too much of your vacation, Chad. Enjoy the family. Enjoy the sunshine. Thank you, my friend. I always appreciate it. And I'll talk to you soon. Absolutely, Greeny. Thank you so much. All right, that's Chad Pennington again. He was a terrific quarterback. And, and I'll repeat, in his first season, he got drafted by a team that had Vinny Testaverde. They, they only really took a quarterback because they had four first-round picks that year, and he was sitting there, and it was just too good a prospect to pass up. They take him. He comes in. He sits a couple of years behind Vinny. Herm Edwards decides to make the quarterback change. What were they, one in three, something like that that year, And they go to Chad, and he lights an immediate spark under that team. He led the league in completion percentage and passer rating in his first season as a starter when he came in, and he was terrific. So there is something to be said on both sides of that. Greeny with you. I have breaking news. Why does this not work? Okay, sometimes this thing, I touch this button and it doesn't hit. I have breaking news one way or the other, and that is I'm getting this from Adam Schefter's uh, Twitter uh, page, uh, which is an interesting place to get it. But North Carolina basketball coach Roy Williams announced he is retiring. That is really something else. Roy Williams, who is in the Basketball Hall of Fame, who had an extraordinary run at Kansas and now has won three national titles at Carolina. He began his career, or at least had a very noteworthy stint as an assistant under Dean Smith, where, among others, he helped recruit and coach Michael Jordan. Um, and then again, went to Kansas, had great success there, and now goes to Carolina. He's someone that I've gotten to know really well over the years. He is a fascinating and really good man. Um, I'm, I'm not stunned by this, um, but it is still jarring when you hear it. I mean, that's how old? Could you look that up for me? How old is Roy now? He's, he's um, which side of 70 is Roy Williams on? He's 70. He's exactly this 70. This is the first time this year he ever got knocked out in the first round of the tournament. Yeah. Um, I mean, look, he's an all-time great coach. He's already in the Hall of Fame. So you already know he's an all-time great coach. So there's the news. Again, I'm getting it from Adam. That man breaks every story. <laughs> Shefty is breaking <laughs> stories in every conceivable sport. Um, and there's the news. Roy Williams. So I will tr- I'll try and give him a-, a call a little bit later and see if we can't get him to pop on at some point soon. That's a big deal. But we have big guests coming today. Again, the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred, will join me. But right now, there's something that I just... I just want you to know. I need you to listen carefully. I just want you to know. Okay, so yesterday on this program, my friend Michael Kay, it was right at this time, Michael Kay, who has been doing Yankee baseball games for 20-something years and hosts afternoons on ESPN Radio in New York, he came on here to talk a little baseball with us, and he was terrific, as he always is. And then he had like a little verbal snafu as we were saying goodbye to each other, and, and I can relive it for you if you are not with us. Thank you, my friend, and I will see you soon. Say hi to everybody. Uh, be well. You, you say hello to, too. <laughs> okay. So, so here's <laughs> uh, – let me tell you exactly what happened there. When And this, I think, goes – it's not just on the air. Sometimes hellos and goodbyes can be complicated. That's why in some ways I think Nuno has it right. Nuno has the immediate default response. No matter what you say, he says not much. Like, Nuno, jump in front of a mic. Nuno, what's going on? Not much. Yeah, that's it. Now, but if I were to change things up and I were to say, Nuno, how are you? And he said, not much. It would be awkward. So I, there's that pause. There's that hesitation. And I think what I said to Michael, say hi to everybody, because I'm friends with the guys who host his show with him, Don LaGreca and Peter Rosenberg. 
I think that threw him off. I think he was just expecting me to say goodbye. He was. And he had that prepared. And so instead, this is what comes out. Thank you, my friend, and I will see you soon. Say hi to everybody. Uh, be well. You, you say hello, t- too. <laughs> okay. It's funny. It's funny. So they call me. They call me, and, and uh, the, 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 they say to me, Greeny, you know, they're having some fun with it on the afternoon show. Can you pop on here and just, you know, say a little something to Michael? I said, not only that, I can do one better. And this is what I just wanted you to know. And I had Bubba do some digging to find this, and God bless him, Bubba found it almost immediately. Because I, I had one of those so much worse than Michael, it's not even close. What you were about to hear are words, or some facsimile of words, Spoken by me on Mike and Mike, something like 10. Bubba, did you get the date on it as it turned out? Do we know what date it was? Yeah, it was uh, January of 2012. January of 2012. So this is like nine (laughs) years ago. Bubba, by the way, in a Mets jersey today for opening day. I like that touch. But anyway, January of 2012, what you're about to hear is me saying thanks to Marcellus Wiley for being a guest and throwing to a break. That's what I intended to do. Here's what actually came out of my mouth. Thank you, Marcellus. Yes, sir, brother. Mike and back. We're just smacking Moon Woman. <laughs> now, now, those aren't words. There's not, there's not a word in there. What I'm trying to say is, thank you, Marcellus. Mike and Mike will be back in just a moment or something like that. I don't know. But even I don't know what I was trying to say, and I'm the one saying it. Thank you, Marcellus. Yes, sir, brother. Mike and back. We're just smacking Moon Woman. <laughs> and I don't even have the excuse because nothing he said threw me. How many times have you thrown to a break in your career? Twenty thousand. I mean, I don't know. I, 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 I did that show eighteen years, four hours a day, every day. Four. Break. I mean, you do the math. You do the math. I once figured out that I think I've been on the radio more than twenty thousand hours in my life. So how many breaks is that? I don't know. Certainly in the thousands that I've thrown to, and I've done it a million different ways. And yet in that, so let's let's have a quick show of voting here. All right. Hembo, I'll let you have the first vote. Which of these is worse? Michael K. Thank you, my friend, and I will see you soon. Say hi to everybody. Uh, be well. You, you say hello, t- too. <laughs> <laughs> his, I mean, this is so, like, this, this is Mr. November. Like, he's such a legend. That is so, okay. Okay, and then, okay. There's, and then there's mine. Thank you, Marcellus. Yes, sir, brother. Mike, back. We're just smacking Moon Woman. <laughs> Which is worse? Michael K's is worse. Okay, that's one vote Maybe for Maybe laugh K. harder. Uh, Bubba, which one is worse? Yeah, I'm going to vote for Michael K. And I also do want to say, I think the, the great thing that I enjoy is when you called me or FaceTimed me and you brought it up from nine years ago, whatever it was, I somehow knew exactly what you were talking about. <laughs> You're like, yeah, do you remember the time, uh, Marcellus, I went to break and I messed it up and I somehow knew exactly what you were talking about, which I don't know what that says about me. Yeah, but he did. He found it so fast. Wow. Everyone was impressed. Devin, which is worse, mine or Kay's? Michael Kay's. Okay, that's everyone saying Michael Kay. Nuno, you're the last uh, holdout here. Nuno, whose verbal snafu is worse? Yours. <laughs> Thank you. Just to be different and just because you're friends with Michael Kay, <laughs> one way or the other. That is, uh, those are the differences today. Thank you, my friend, and I will see you soon. Say hi to everybody. Uh, be well. You, you say hello to <laughs> <laughs> you say hello to. Oh, that is funny. Okay, anyway, that was fun. Um, and, and so, again, we've got the Roy Williams news. We've got the baseball season starting today. we got a lot to get into. I've got draft prep coming your way. got the green list coming up here today. Oh, that's what's actually coming up next. Is today the best day on the sports calendar? I will answer that question definitively once and for all next.
here on ESPN Radio after this word from HelloFresh. Hit refresh on your diner, or excuse me, hit refresh on your dinner routine with HelloFresh. Right now you can take advantage of a new limited time offer and see why HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit. HelloFresh delivers simple recipes and high quality ingredients picked at the peak of ripeness. They offer more than 25 recipes each week, all designed and tested by professional chefs and nutritional experts to ensure deliciousness and simplicity. Go to HelloFresh.com slash Greeny12 and use the code GREENY12 for 12 free meals, including free shipping for a limited time only. That's HelloFresh.com slash GREENY12 and use GREENY12 for 12 free meals. The list is next on ESPN Radio. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know, we're big fans of BetterHelp and all the ways it can help people with their mental health. And this year has gone quickly. And so I'd like you to think about something that you're proud of in 2024 so far. Think about what you would be proud of. What's something you still want to accomplish this year? And when life goes fast, it's important to take a moment to celebrate those wins. And therapy can help you take stock of your progress and set achievable goals for the next six months for the rest of the year so you can look back on the rest of the year the way that you have this past year to know that it went the way that you wanted. And therapy is helpful for learning positive coping skills, how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, I urge you, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So take a moment for you. Take a moment. Visit betterhelp.com slash greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash greeny. Greeny, the podcast. Oh, what a day we are having here. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio. Roy Williams retiring within the last little while. The Mets signing Francisco Lindor to this monster contract to start the day on what is opening day. McShay with his mock draft that had everybody yelling at each other on TV with me this morning. So we are absolutely packed. In the green list in just a moment, I will answer once and for all definitively the question of whether or not today is the best day on the sporting calendar. It is the progressive Major League Baseball snapshot here on this opening day, and a quadruple header is coming your way on ESPN TV. Blue Jays and Yankees get it going 1 o'clock Eastern. Tonight, Mets and Nationals is right here on ESPN Radio, which covered starting at 6 Eastern. And our snapshot is brought to you by Progressive Insurance, making it easy to bundle your home and car insurance. The list is what determines who matters in this business. Green list. All right, here we go. The green list every single day. My top five is voted on exclusively by me, the world's foremost authority on all matters. And it is something you will hear a lot from people today. This is the best day of the year. If you're like me, you judge days by sports. I definitively do judge days by sports. So every day that has a feel 
has a feel usually because of a sports connection. And so today, the top five days in sports on the calendar year, and thus the top five best days of the year, (laughs) because sports are really all that matter. Number five. Five, and you're going to yell at me, but I'm going to defend it. Five is the day that I see my first NFL preseason game. Not the first day of the regular season. Not the first Sunday. Not that first Thursday night. But that first preseason game, there's always that moment when we haven't seen a football game in eight months or whatever it is. The Super Bowl is played at the beginning of February. Now, here we are in August, so that's six months. And all of a sudden, there's a game. Now, it's not a game you need to watch. In fact, it's probably not a game you're going to watch. And if you do watch, it's only because you're going to hold your breath every time they all get tackled and you just wait for everyone to get up and walk back to the huddle healthy. But there's something about that feeling. Ooh, it's a football game. Football is coming back. And from that moment forward, it starts to build and it starts to feel good. And yes, opening day is awesome. And the Super Bowl is awesome. And a lot of other days are awesome. But for me, that first, that's always that time you sit down. It kind of takes you by surprise. Because the opening of the first game of preseason isn't something that you have in your head is coming up. Like today you knew it was coming for weeks. You've been waiting for opening day, but that first NFL preseason game, you usually find it by accident. I'll sit down and I'll put the TV on and I'll just be flipping through. The t- oh, wait a minute. Oh, look, there's a football game on. Look, I recognize that this is an actual football game. They're not, this is not like, you know, NFL network showing me a game from 1979. <laughs> this is an actual game here. And for some reason, that day, I know you're going to make fun of me for putting this on my list, but of all the days on the football calendar, that usually is kind of the one that feels the best. Trying to read the look on Hembo's face. You hate it. So you're you're not saying that you love the Hall of Fame game. What you're saying is that you love that football. Just the first time. It doesn't even have to be. It doesn't have to be the first preseason game. It's the first one I stumble onto. (laughs) That's not a day on the sporting calendar. No, but it is the moment. It's a moment. These are about moments. That's the moment. The first time there's a football game on and I say, oh, there's a football game on. Football is back. That, for me, is the moment. That's number five. Number four. Today's green list. Four is a combination of two days. It is the first two days of the NCAA tournament, traditionally on a Thursday and a Friday. This year they were played on Friday and Saturday. Even this year. Like, I went home that Friday from work. And usually on Friday, sometimes I will take a little nap at the end of a week or I'll go do whatever I want to do. And I get home, Stevie's sitting on the couch, the games are on. And I said, huh, <laughs> like, you know, it just, it's all been such an unusual year. I said, boy, this is delightful. <laughs> and I moved from the couch again to come back to work on Monday. That was it. I never had to move because that's an event that's too big to fail. And by, by that, I literally mean it. There's so many games you can't not have good ones. There's never not good ones. And you got upsets, and you got Cinderella's, and you got, you got big seeds falling, and you got your sheet of integrity, and it's all just delightful. Those first two days are delightful. They are, in fact, you know that the number one day in America to get vasectomies is the Wednesday, traditionally, the Wednesday before the Thursday, Friday double ga- days, because the men figure, I'm just going to sit in the house all day long, you know, with the frozen peas on my lap, and I'm going to watch. Now, I, for the record, after my vasectomy, came to work the following day, and I hosted Mike and Mike and SportsCenter that evening. You are a warrior. I am. My toughness is sometimes, I think, underplayed. Gladiator. But that, to me, is number four on the list of the best sporting days of the year. Number three. Three is today. Three is baseball opening day. There's something about that 
Baseball has a magical quality about it. It is also, um, for me, it is the beginning of spring. It signals the end of the winter and the beginning of the new season. I hate the winter. I've lived all my life in cold weather places. (laughs) I wonder if... If you live in Arizona, Florida, Southern California, if this day has the same feel, because if you were playing golf all through January and February, then maybe today doesn't have the same meaning it does for me. But for me, baseball opening day always comes right with the beginning of spring. And there's something about that that is delightful. In addition to the beginning of the 162 games of baseball, we're now going to be treated to in each different place. So uh, that to me is number three on the list. I know you're looking at me. For Hembo, it's got to be number one oh, for yeah. you. I mean, yes, yes. And for Bubba, too. Do you see Bubba today? Bubba is wearing a Mets jersey. Um, to work. For, for, or for Bubba, otherwise known as Thursday. <laughs> number two. <laughs> number two is the NFL draft. Now, that has been the case for me for a long time. The fact that I get to host it this year, maybe that becomes number one for me. It'll be my number one um, event this year. But I love it. I love the NFL draft. I love the buildup. It is, it is a, a day in which the fortunes of literally all 32 teams in the NFL are rewritten in every conceivable way. I love it. I love, all of, I love everything about it. That's why being a part of it this year is such a thrill for me. To me, the NFL draft is the second best day on the sporting calendar, maybe the best day in its totality. Number one. But number one is Sunday at the Masters for me because I've said before and I'll say it again. If you told me I could only watch sports on television one day a year, that's the day I'd watch. And I got the chance to be there for the tournament uh, two years ago, the year Tiger won it, April of 19. And it is in person everything you imagine it is when you watch it on TV. And that is today's green list of the five best sporting days of the year. The commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred, is live next with me here on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can check out Greeny live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Plus. Also, don't miss Greeny on Get Up, weekday mornings at 8 Eastern on ESPN. This is Greeny, the podcast.